Hey guys, we're back with another episode. We are The Real Couple. Uh, I'm your host, Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we're The Real Couple. And we're coming at you with an exciting new episode because we saw an exciting new movie. We sure did. Yeah. What did we see? We saw Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yes. Yeah. I forgot that there was that. Or is it amongst? It's among. Because they say amongst in the original movie, apparently. Um, yeah, this was, this was fun. Yeah. This was so fun. Yeah. Really, really dug this one. Um, and for those of you wondering, you do not have to know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. You do not need to have played Dungeons and Dragons. It's just a fun fantasy movie. Yeah. I, I feel like they did a very good job of, if you don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, you'll be just fine. But if you know everything about Dungeons and Dragons, there will be several moments where you go, oh, hey, I recognize that. Oh, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Um, they hit a very good balance. Yeah. Um, I I have played Dungeons and Dragons quite a few times in my life. Uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who play Dungeons and Dragons who have... It's not difficult to have played a lot more than me and gotten... Yeah far more into it than i have but uh i i love D. it's really really super fun um especially with a good dm but uh yeah there were a few things that i was able to recognize and appreciate in this movie um but from the small amount of research that i've done uh i guess there's a and there's a good chance while i've played DD. I've played on like the D and D map, but I didn't realize that. I always just figured it was my DM coming up with his own original city. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I guess in this movie they're in like the official world of D and D, and so yeah, like the Mystic Lands or something. I think it was Forgotten, Forgotten Lands, Lands. I think, but um. Like the, I guess if you know D and D really well, the prison that they escape from at the very beginning, if you're a D and D fan, you'd be like, oh yeah, the Shadow Keep or whatever it's called. Um, and if you're not a D and D fan, go see it just to watch Chris Pine on the big screen for two hours because that is worth the money right there. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I feel like. If you're a D&D fan, you can have those moments of like, oh yeah, I totally know about this prison. If you're not a D&D fan, you won't be like, I don't know the backstory of this prison though. How far away from the ocean is it? No, you'll just be like, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's this is my first time hearing about this prison. Cool. Uh, very similar to you know, if you've uh, read a book before seeing the movie or something, you can be like, oh yeah, that's Finnick or that's Legolas or that's you know whatever uh, a character that you're familiar with as opposed to who's that guy his name's legolas okay now i'm up to speed like um Mm -hmm. so yeah i thought uh they did a really really good job of catering to both audiences yeah um and everything in between obviously but uh yeah I, i thought they did a great job of writing all the different characters having a very nice um variety of character styles uh, however, they all felt um, like they had a lot in common. Um, so 
I, I really liked this movie for what it is. I really hope they get uh, sequels. Oh, um, me too. Yeah. And I would really enjoy if the sequels decided to uh, take on different flavors. So, like, this one was very comedic, very silly. Our heroes are um, idiots, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I loved. But I would really enjoy if the next time either they bring in uh, new characters into the party or if uh, it's just a completely different party in a sequel. I think that could be interesting. I feel like it could be very easy for this to just become a series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like with something like D&D, it could become a very expensive series. And so I, I worry that that could scare the studio behind it but it would be so cool if um i would much rather see 10 dungeons and dragon movies than 10 fast and the furious movies yes i love the fast and the furious movies like they're my own moronic kids but they are moronic in nature and i feel like D even if it were to be as stupid as a Fast and the Furious movie, it would still be better because D&D lends itself more easily to being mm-hmm. that stupid. Um, well, and this movie is being very well received by audiences. Yeah, yeah. This People is are it. loving yeah. it. So I would not be shocked to see more in the future. Yeah. And if there is more in the future, I would hope um, that their budget could increase um i know uh, i i keep forgetting all the different character names because they're bizarre names um but uh there's the druid uh that can shapeshift doric yes doric um so yeah doric uh she's a tiefling which in the uh, um, established lore tieflings are supposed to have like dark skin like a blue or like a black skin not like a not like a african-american skin color but like black like coal color black um and doric in this was just normal flesh colored um so yeah I, i would like to see uh in the future main characters being inhuman and maybe a little bit more than the tiefling we saw where she's got horns and a tail but like legit um prosthetics or i would love to see like a cgi character uh in the very first scene in that prison we get to see um i think that was probably like an ogre or mm-hmm. something um or like a troll or troll something. something like that uh clearly done with uh, prosthetics but then there's like a um, i forget what they're called but it's like a humanoid snake that sort of like watches him get brought past oh, their cell yeah. and that seemed like a much more um cgi creature um but then you also had uh the eagle judge guy that was also like prosthetic jonathan puppeteer uh, <laughs> yeah I, I loved that character and as soon as he gets brought in and they use him you realize like it's not about like he's the most lenient judge it's just no he's part of our escape plan and then when uh getting into spoilers so 
spoiler warnings up uh when hugh grant forge yeah when he gets sent to prison he tries to escape the same way and i love the concept that i in my mind i like to believe like half of the uh prisoners in this prison when they get brought up for their reviews or whatever like half the people try to grab the eagle guy (laughs) and jump out the window and they just never learn (laughs) um so yeah really dug that um i thought hugh grant did a great job yeah yeah um there was part of me as soon as he came on screen i was like i don't trust him he seems slow oh yeah oh yeah and i didn't i couldn't tell if that was because i had just seen trailers or because it was obvious or um or what was going on but uh it did kind of seem like when he betrays the party it was a bit too obvious um, i was okay with it though yeah it definitely didn't ruin the movie it was i liked that the group they were all like the one guy's a wizard but he's not a very good wizard mm-hmm. chris pine and michelle rodriguez are thieves but they're not very good yeah and she's a great I, barbarian though i love that they just like stumble into things yeah and kind of find themselves in that but mm. even by the end like none of them are the best at what they do even by the end of the movie mm-hmm. but they're all working together as a group mm-hmm. and they find their dynamic yeah and that's what i really liked in the end um also the very end when you know this whole movie has been about bringing back Chris Pine's wife. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, you know, and his whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to bring back her mother. Yeah. And then him realizing at the very end that, like, that's not her mom. You know, like, biologically speaking, yes. But Michelle Rodriguez was the one that raised yeah. her. And then him just realizing in that moment that, like, oh, this is who I really need to bring. Like, as much as I want my wife back, mm-hmm. my daughter really needs the person that raised her. Yeah. And, like, if he had brought back his wife, um, it's not that the wife wouldn't have, you know, motherly love for her daughter. Mm-hmm. But there is that moment where it's like, hey, like, this woman who helped raise you for years and, and she is the the mother figure you've always had in your life she's just been killed off but it's okay because i'm resurrecting a woman that you've technically met but you have no memory of so don't be sad that michelle rodriguez is gone be happy that a woman you don't know is here like that's not gonna help Mm -hmm. the situation um and And i love that a movie is like silly as this one is I love that there was that like deeper yeah. end lesson. Yeah, I feel like Hollywood has really done a phenomenal job with that, especially the last few years. Um, like the the one movie that every time I, I think about it again, I'm always surprised at how well they nail that is uh, Deadpool. Yes. Like a very, very silly movie, but the dynamic of vanessa and wade and you know in the first movie 
him trying to battle cancer so that they can continue to be together and then in the second movie him avenging her death is a really well written dynamic and really makes it so that even when I'm laughing at the jokes by the time this movie ends I really hope Deadpool wins because I care so much about the emotional Mm -hmm. underlying plot line in this film and I thought that D&D did a great job with that as well. Yeah. Um, Something we were talking about this week with movies, because this is a big week for nerds at the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Nerds have we have fed this Dungeons week. and Dragons. We have Super Mario Brothers. Um, and I don't remember what the video was referencing when you were talking about it, but like the movie critic score being very low, but the audience score being very high. Mm-hmm. Was that D&D or was that, that was Mario. Super Mario? I don't know what the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for D&D has been. But just talking about that concept of the audiences loving a movie and the critics not loving it as much, uh, something we had discussed was that it's more mainstream to be a nerd now. It's yeah. easier for these film studios to make something nerdy and a little more niche than they could have a few decades ago. Um, like a D&D movie never would have worked in the 80s because in the 80s, D&D was seen as like evil. Yeah. Um... But now like there's been so much work in Hollywood to kind of pave the way for nerds to be celebrated yeah, that it's I, like so okay. I feel like uh, the thing that everyone thinks of that sort of paved the way for that was Star Wars. And that's true to an extent. I feel like Marvel paved the way way more than Star Wars did. I would not give that much credit to Marvel um, I, because I think Star Wars made it so that like the nerds who were already open to a story like this were able to just really lose themselves but uh, most of society still kind of ostracized them and, and thought like, you know, yes, you're really into this Star Wars thing. I've seen it. It's pretty cool. But I'm definitely not going to lose my shit over Star Wars. You guys are weird. I think Harry Potter was the thing that everyone was like, oh, shit. This is like world building and like I'm really getting behind this. And there was... As soon as you saw the movies and enjoyed the movies, then you could go and read the books. And so then there was that, like, um, if you want to really get into this fandom, you have to put in work. You can't passively read a book. You have to actively pick it up, look through it, and read it. You can definitely go to a movie and then two hours later walk out and be like, yeah, saw it. It was pretty good. But you can't finish a book and be like... Oh, yeah, I was hardly paying attention for the past 10 hours of my life. Like, you yeah. can't continue reading a book unless you're paying attention to it. Uh, whereas with something like Marvel, if you watch all of the Marvel movies and never pick up one of the comics, okay, you still saw the movies. There's there's really no... Um, and there's no, like, if you liked this one Captain America movie, it's based on this one Captain America comic. Like, there's really no correlation exactly between one movie and one comic. Whereas with Harry Potter, it's 
you know, if you want to know what happens in the next story, read the next book. Or, um, and I think just the, you know, buying a, a Harry Potter shirt and wearing it to the opening night made it so that uh, people people were wanting to show their fandom. And then when things like Iron Man hit theaters, people had already gotten to this point where it was like, the Harry Potter series kind of convinced me I'm more nerdy than I thought I was. And then when Marvel started making movies that were legit phenomenal and really exciting, well-written characters, all that stuff is just to the nines. Then they were like, let's fucking go. I'm down with this. So yeah, I, I always um, give credit to Harry Potter as the thing that really changed uh, the way society views nerdiness or um, fandom in general. Um and so, yeah, because of that, I think D and D things like that are able to really, really um, just kill it at the box office these days. Um, I think uh, Lord of the Rings tried to come close, but because Lord of the Rings is set so far in a different world, you can't really like dress up as a Lord of the Rings character unless you're going all out. Whereas the Harry Potter movies, you just need, like, button-up shirt and a red tie, yellow tie, green tie, or blue tie. And voila, you have a Harry Potter outfit. Um, and so, I, I really don't see any costumes in Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or anything being that casual, casual. and that uh, convenient to make for yourself. Um, I agree with this. So, yeah. Um and then, yeah, when you have those bigger things like a Lord of the Rings or a Marvel, stuff like that, where it's like, I actually think I do want to, like, have a costume based on this. I've never done any, like, big deal costumes before, but I, I do remember I dressed up for Harry Potter, and it, that was way easier. But once I dressed up, I had a lot of fun. So I think I'm willing to fund dressing up more, and so then they were willing and able to get further and further when the more um demanding fandoms came along you know mm -hmm. um but yeah um very very happy with this day and age of of uh geekiness nerdiness and and fandom but uh yeah um getting back to D D. um one thing that i did not expect at all, and I was so happy to see it, was Bradley Cooper's little cameo. Yeah, that was very that was, strange. Yeah, it was out of nowhere, but it fits so well. And, like, I feel like Bradley Cooper can be such, like, a badass dude. But in this, he's just, like, I, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be a hobbit or a gnome or a halfling or a what. Um, something small. Yeah, something small. And he's just so, like, peaceful and, like... I, I have my garden and I'm I'm just very happy. And Bradley Cooper just did so well in that little role. Um I would love to see in a sequel a member of that type of um species be an adventurer. So you always have just this like miniature guy next to all your heroes. Um because yeah, like uh Lord of the Rings did that with the Hobbits, but 
they were always having to use like force perspective or child stand-ins and stuff. But I feel like if at this point you can pretty easily just shrink someone with CGI and it's not too terribly difficult. Um, Oh, one scene that I thought was so well done was um, having to ask the corpses questions. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Yeah, I'd seen a clip of the first corpse that they Yeah, was revived. that in the trailer? Or no, was that I, just a clip that we had seen? That was just a clip okay. that they released. Um, and it was hilarious, but there was that part of me that was like, oh, well, you just told me like that entire scene. It was funny, and I'm excited to see this movie, but yeah. And so going into that scene, I was like, oh yeah, I know how this whole thing plays out. But once they're done but with that But then it guy, kept going. Yeah, they have to talk to like 30 other corpses. It was really, really great. Um, and it just gets sillier as it goes. There's the one guy who slipped and fell um, and hit his head. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, I, I really had no part in this battle. And they're like, but someone sent us over here. It's like, oh, no, no, no. There's a guy with a very similar name. And they're like, damn it. Well, and there's the last one that they talked to that has all the really long-winded answers that oh, they don't yeah. actually need. Yeah. Um, great scene. And that's as soon as uh, the wizard kid, um, Justice Smith as Simon, as soon as he explains how the spell works, as someone who's played d and I was like, oh, yeah, I've totally heard of that spell. I don't think, well... I don't think I've ever used it on corpses, but I think people in my party have asked like trees questions oh, okay. or something like, um, and so, yeah, the whole, like, they'll be able to talk, you get X amount of questions and there are all these, I think with trees, it's like, you have to ask yes or no's or something. Mm. Um, and I know you had mentioned that you really liked seeing the uh, gelatinous cube. Yep. That's one of those like really silly monsters that, any DM I've ever worked with is never going to write a gelatinous cube into the story because how the hell do you incorporate that? That's It's so bizarre and weird. And it's not exciting. It's just a cube. And the script writers on this were like, challenge accepted. <laughs> we're incorporating so many gelatinous cubes. Loved that. Um, I also loved their like portal. Yeah. The, is it a spell? I think hither and thither staff. Yeah. Yeah. I love how they used it with the picture and mm -hmm. at the very end on the like hot air balloon. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a fun spell. Loved that. Um, I loved the, I don't remember what you said she is, but the shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, her owl bear yeah. thing. I did read that that is a forbidden form to take in the actual game yeah so pretty much uh that's like a super complex animal that you know it's um you should be worried if one of those attacks you but it, it it's too strong to have players transform into it and so pretty much everything else like you could easily transform into a mouse or a fly or a, a deer things like that but an owl bear is like a bit too um, capable of an animal to let normal players shapeshift into. So, which, yeah, I heard that like as soon as they released the first trailer for the game, like gamers were like, what the hell? You can't do that. But whatever. It, 
it made for some great action scenes. It did. Um, I uh, I liked that we got a dragon in the D and D movie, and that it was a the chubby dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was great. I I loved that when we come across a dragon, it's in a dungeon. Yes. So one scene has a dungeon and a dragon. So that was cool. Um, I really dug uh, the like dark wizard guy. Uh, Zank, I think. Uh, Reggae Jean Page. I have n- There's no way I'm pronouncing that correctly. But R-E-G and then E with like a thingy above the E. Mm. So Reggie? Reggae? I don't know. Who did he play? The dark wizard guy that helps them get into the dungeon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, I dug that they were able to bring in a character that then plays a pretty massive role, but then doesn't stick around too long. It Mm -hmm. felt uh, very much like either when you're playing and you help like a NPC character, and then for a while, the dungeon master has to play as that side character and so suddenly like your party gets bigger but the group of people playing the game doesn't um so that happens sometimes or it also felt like if um you're playing D and you have your group and all of a sudden one of them's like oh hey my cousin's in town and he wants to play with us is it cool if we just like bring in a character for one session and he like helps you out and then so-and-so's cousin leaves town and his character has to be written out of the story it felt like one of those circumstances so i really dug that um so let's talk about the red witch wizard mm -hmm. yep girl person thing yes um give me some background on those in the game i have never interacted with those in the game okay yeah so um it was uh so is that not like a common big bad? Um it may be. It may just be that I haven't fought any common big bads. Okay. Um, I did appreciate that they were able to still write some humor into her. Were they? With her annoyance with Hugh Grant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't like hilarious but there were a few Mm -hmm. jokes here and there um yeah that was good um she's one actress that like when i see a picture of her i'm like that's her yeah once you shave off her head or shave off her hair um (laughs) yeah when she's decapitated she looks nothing like that nearly (laughs) headless Um, but yeah, I thought, uh, she did a really good, she made a really good villain. Um, oh, uh, you'd mentioned like, uh, using the portal and putting it on the painting and stuff. Mm -hmm. I did really like that whole dynamic. And then, um, I thought there was some great camera work in it as well. Um, there's the moment when, uh, the tiefling druid, she, um, has to pass through the portal and it's on the ground but the painting's also on the ground and so she like goes down into the portal and as she goes in gravity shifts 
And so the camera just spins with her in the middle yeah. of the frame. I thought that shot was really, really great. Um, but yeah, um, it felt very uh, D&D. Uh, one thing that I thought they could have incorporated was just like, um, and I, I don't quite know in this specific movie how you would communicate that to the audience, but having more um, like humiliatingly bad roles in the narrative where it's like um, this this guy who we know is a great sword fighter or something rolls and they get a one. So it's like, you may be a great sword fighter, but you just completely missed. Or, um, you know, a, a barbarian who's really, really strong. She tries to lift something. She rolls a two. It's like, you failed to pick up that coffee mug. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I thought that could have been really funny. Because, yeah, that definitely happens in the game where you're playing as a character that you've leveled up stats and they're really good at stuff. But... If you roll shit, your character still fails at things. And I thought um, that could have been really good. Or the opposite, where it's like, um, if you roll a 20, things your character shouldn't really be able to accomplish, you can do. Which I Do you think they kind of wrote that in without there being like a roll? Maybe so a So like few when times. the wizard is doing his show and he's like secretly stealing oh, yeah. stuff and then all of a sudden he affects gravity in the whole room okay do you think that was him like him rolling a 20 i could see or that a being... high number yeah i could see that um and yeah maybe it's the sort of thing that if i were to watch the movie a few more times i may like pick up on like oh that that feels like a yeah, like normally like Chris role. Pine is really sly, but mm -hmm. he got caught in the time trap. Yeah. Um, because he rolled low for something. Yeah. So that's how he got caught. Or um, things that I also love seeing in D&D is when um, pretty much if I'm trying to sneak past someone or lie to them or deceive them in some way, then... I have to roll and the person that I'm trying to deceive has to roll and pretty much whoever rolls higher uh, wins. Mm -hmm. And so there are times when you'll, you know, uh, I do like a, a an old woman's voice and uh, I put on a disguise and I pretend to be someone else and I say this whole thing. Okay, roll for deception. And you roll and you get like a two. And the DM is like, that's the worst. You did the worst old woman. You are not woman. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, like you did the worst old woman impersonation imaginable. Like it was terrible. Anyone with half a brain cell could see through it. And then the other guy rolls and he gets a one. And it's like, and somehow you fooled him. <laughs> I would love to have seen that scene where... You know, they're, they've got like a disguise and stuff. And all of a sudden the disguise like comes off and it's clearly... Chris Pine, not an old woman. And the guard is just like brain dead. <laughs> like I thought that could have been so funny. But like them I... escaping with the eagle guy. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was them rolling high enough that it actually worked. Yeah. But then Hugh Grant 
yeah. tried the same trick but rolled really low. Yeah. And um, I would be interested to watch it again with like that kind of a thought process. Or, yeah. yeah. Just to see like, oh, okay, that's probably the effects of a high roll or a low roll. Mm-hmm. Um, one that like as soon as the movie ended, I was like, that would have been great. Um, and it, I feel like it wouldn't have taken people that are not familiar with D and D. It would it wouldn't have taken them out of the movie too much. But giving like a little shout out to game mechanics. Um, pretty much one way to refill all of your health is to take a long rest. So you can take a short rest yeah. and that'll uh, like refill your spell slots or it'll, it'll do some things, but a long rest is a much more beneficial. However, it takes a lot more time. And so like if you're in an area with bad guys and you take a long rest, there's a much higher likelihood that they captured you, hurt you while you were asleep, things like that. But um, I feel like if there was like a battle or something where all of our main characters just barely make it out alive, but they are on the verge of death and they get out of there and they're, you know, a couple miles away. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm about to die. He's bleeding out. Like, Oh shit. What are we going to do? Uh, let's pitch our tents. Let's go to sleep. And they go to sleep and they wake up the next morning and everyone is fine. I thought that would have been hilarious. You know, like what someone... a great long rest. I feel so rejuvenated. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. Remember my arm? It was snapped in half yesterday. It's fine now. Like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I, I thought that could have been I feel like really, Chris really Pine could have pulled that off real well. So well. Yeah. Um so or uh having uh Michelle Rodriguez as, as Olga like, oh my gosh, I weren't you like uh didn't you have your ear cut off what happened and she's like yeah that was yesterday why are we still talking about it like uh i thought they did uh, another great thing um sorry hated how i worded that i thought another thing they did really well was writing olga's character as having like low intelligence and so she'll just randomly like say things that really don't help the situation or she'll like say things in a really rude way. Hmm. Did you not pick up on that? No. It, um, I feel like there were times when um, like someone calls out Chris Pine for just being like a really bad father, and she's like, um, it wasn't his fault. He wanted money, and he's like, um thanks there's yeah doesn't make me sound that much better though I, um i can't remember the dialogue She's verbatim. just like very blunt very blunt in ways that can easily hurt feelings mm. but because she's a barbarian kind of fits um so yeah i loved her character i found myself laughing at things she would say quite a lot mm-hmm. because it was just so her rude. love of potatoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that <laughs> she was... She doesn't like to be disturbed while she's eating her potatoes. Um, and at some point, she... Oh, uh, Hugh Grant has uh, the daughter, like, at knife point. And so everyone sort of has that, like, oh, shit, like, 
this this is a Mexican standoff that we don't want to uh, screw up. So everyone just kind of like puts their swords down, their gun, their, their crossbows down, whatever. But Michelle Rodriguez is like, no, if I have a potato, I could make this shot. <laughs> and so she just absolutely rams it through uh, Hugh Grant's face. Thought that was awesome. All right. Go see it. Yeah, definitely. Go enjoy definitely it. Definitely go see it. Uh, I would say fun for the whole family. Yeah. Like, I can't really think of... Yeah. Um, like, maybe the corpses talking could be a bit much for really young kids. But they're not even, like, scary yeah, corpses. Yeah, they very quickly play it as a joke. And so... Um, I would I would be confident in saying that this is a family film. Yeah. Uh, very family friendly. Very funny very exciting um so yeah thumbs up from me definitely yeah Yeah. um glad i saw it in theaters i think it's it's well worth a a theater excursion that's always difficult to like recommend to other people like should you go see it in theaters should you not because some people because we love the theater yeah we'll we'll go see absolute shit in theaters (laughs) and other people are like unless it is going to change my life. I am not leaving my house because I have a nice 40-inch TV. I'm like, ugh, gross, <laughs> you peasant. So, um, yeah, if, if you're the sort of person that never goes to the theaters, maybe this isn't a good enough reason to go. But if if you have any willingness to go to the theater, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's worth the... Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Thanks so much. And see you next time. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Bye.